You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Hey, we've been talking about the Ten Commandments. Let's say that someone borrows my car and goes out and crashes it and it's a total loss. Is that covered in the Ten Commandments? Ooh, what a good question. Does God care? if I loan my stuff to somebody and it gets abused or lost or broken. Well, in working out the Ten Commandments, I think we'll find out he does care today on, on More Than, Than Ink. Well, good morning and welcome to More Than Ink. I'm Dorothy. And I'm Jim. And we're sitting here at our dining room table. We are working our way through that section in Exodus where the law is kind of amplified and applied specifically yeah. to the circumstances of community living Practical as God's people. application. Right. And yeah. we've been talking, last week we were talking specifically about slavery and mm-hmm. slaves and how to treat your slaves if you are the people of God. And just to remind you that a slave is one who has no will of his own, but his will is completely subjected to the will of his master. Right. And slavery is an idea that runs all the way through the scriptures. It's a very powerful and a useful idea. So um, slavery is not forbidden, but this is a particular kind of slavery that's very highly and carefully regulated by God according to God's justice. Yes. So we finished last week. In fact, we pointed out in in going that our classic American idea of slavery, the African slave thing where they stole people and sold them, that's actually forbidden here in this section on slavery. Right. That's to be yeah. punished with capital punishment right. if you steal a man's life and sell him. So if you think that this section on slavery is about endorsing that kind of slavery, it actually is a capital crime to do that. So go back and listen to last week's if you're not sure exactly what we're talking about. But but that's where we are. So where do, what was the we're last? We're in Exodus 20, and we yeah. finished with the last little segment about if a pregnant woman is hit and it causes a miscarriage, or the ESV says right. it causes the baby to come out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What happens? Uh, and and it says there shall be a fine imposed by the husband, right? And mm-hmm. the judges will determine the rightness of it. But if there's harm in verse 23 of chapter 20, then you shall pay life for life. And so if the woman or the child mm-hmm. dies. Mm-hmm. You shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating that that very detailed list of the regulation, the limitation of vengeance, appears here in this little part about striking a pregnant woman? Yeah. Yeah. The value of women comes through very clearly in this statement, uh, not just here, but in the whole statement about slavery and mm-hmm. how you shall treat your female slaves. Yeah, yeah, with, with great respect. And we also mentioned at that point that eye for eye thing. Yeah, that's a radical innovation in justice because at the time in the right. ancient world, if someone if did something against you and, you and you had a loss, many times they said, "Well, then you can you can overreact right. and you can hit them." And, there was an escalation, right? Like but if someone if someone accidentally kills your goat, you can go over and wipe out their village. Well, that's not an that's not a measured response, right? And so eye for eye means measured response. You can only respond in retribution to the degree to which what you've lost. And, and we're going to get into that a little bit yeah. more in a. Yeah 
yeah. few minutes. But we need to pick it up now in verse 26 of chapter 20. And yep. we're still in this section where we're talking about the treatment of slaves. So I'll just start reading yeah. in verse 26. When a man strikes the eye of his slave, male or female, and destroys it, he shall let the slave go free, go free. because of his eye. <laughs> if he knocks out the tooth of his slave, male or female, he shall let the slave go free, go free. because of his tooth. Can you imagine wow. what kind of reserve that put on the masters? No kidding. <laughs> like, if they lose a tooth from what you do, you're going to lose your slave. That's right. And you've got an investment yeah, in ex- this slave. Exactly. Again, that's why this is not like American African trade slaves, because that, that would never be the case there. You bust someone's tooth or knock your tooth out, you got to let them go. Yeah, it wasn't part of American slavery. Right. But and here it was. Remember, we had read earlier in chapter 20 that if you buy a Hebrew slave, he will. you're buying him for six years. And mm-hmm. the seventh year, he yeah. goes out free. His he goes debt free. is paid. Yeah. Re- so, but different. here, if you yeah. smack him and damage his <laughs> eye or his tooth, he goes free you early. set him free. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a great caution for masters. It really to is. To treat people well. Yeah. To treat people well. Uh, well, let's move on. 28. Yeah, I'll read that. Okay. Okay. So when an ox, when an ox gores a man or a woman to death, the ox shall be stoned and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall not be liable. But if the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past and its owner has been warned, but has not (laughs) kept it in and it kills a man or a woman, well, the ox shall be stoned and its owner also shall be put to death. Wow. Yeah. And if a ransom is imposed on him, like you owe us money because of this, then he shall give for the redemption of his life whatever is imposed on him. If it gores a man's son or daughter, he shall be dealt with according to this same rule. And if the ox gores a slave, male or female, the owner shall give to the master 30 shekels of silver and the ox shall be stoned. Yeah, so what do you make wow. of this ox ox goring other people? Your ox, your property causes damage. Your well, ox. yeah, so you have been neglecting your responsibility to take to keep your violent animal under control. But yeah. what strikes me here is the constant repetition of man or woman. Man or woman. Man or slave, woman. Slave, man or woman, or yep. children. So yep. we know that in other cultures at this same time, women were not valued as no, equal no, to men. No. Children yeah. were not valued as human beings. A different worth. Yeah. Right. So they were, yeah. I mean, they were a deposit on the heritage, right? They were the next generation coming up, but they really were not regarded until they were old enough to earn their way or keep their, or show their worth. Yeah. They were not regarded as valuable. So, But in this case, if the owner oh of the ox is negligent goodness. and he kills someone, he can't get away with saying, well, come on, that was just your little His life is or, forfeit. Or it was one of your slaves. Like, come on, it's just one of your slaves. That or, says he shall give for the redemption yeah. of his life yeah. whatever's imposed on yeah, him. Yeah, he's in big trouble. He's in big trouble. So this is really a, a wonderful statement on the value of mankind, even. Yes. That it, if if this if this thing happens, you know, you need to take it seriously, not just if a male householder dies, but if anybody in that household dies, including the slave. So, you know, what strikes me here is that this is an emphasis on responsibility. Yeah. Right? That you can't just say, well, you know, he's not important to me, or I didn't know the animal was going to do that. That you are responsible for not just your own actions, but the actions of your property. Yeah. And this is really a uh, a move into an area that we call negligence in law. And uh, 
you know, many times we say if something, if someone does something malicious, deliberately, premeditated, that's one thing. But what if it's just negligence? I mean, should the outcome, should the penalty be as great? And here it is, actually. If it, and it's well, just negligence. It is because this is descriptive of the way a people who claim to be people of a holy God, mm-hmm. creator and author of everything, the God who is just and loves justice, as we said last week. What has God made known to you from Micah six eight? He's told you what's good. Do justice. Love kindness and walk humbly with your God, right? So even the way you care for your animals or keep track of your responsibilities yeah. is before God. It's not just an issue of absence of malice. It's an absence right. of caring for your neighbors by being yeah. negligent. And that's a big deal. Which is why Jesus answered, right, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God. And the second commandment, right. love your neighbor right. as yourself, sums up all of these uh, yeah. community righteous yeah. is it, standards. Is it loving for you as the owner of an ox that you know is dangerous to be negligent right. and allow him to kill someone? Is that right. loving your neighbor? Not even close. And that's what we're talking about here. Exactly this. Well, you know, this sort of transitions us into a whole discussion about restitution, which is a part of justice in our system yeah. that's really overlooked quite a bit. Yeah, it, so what is restitution? Yeah. Right? What's it about? To basically equalize someone else's loss that that's was at right. your hand. That's right. And and it, tied up in this Hebrew word is the idea of peace. Yeah, Of exactly. making it right, reestablishing mm-hmm. making peace it right. by paying the cost of someone else's loss. Yep, yep. So, you know, our, our criminal system emphasizes locking people up right. when they cause loss in other people's lives. The, the Israel system that God institutes here, really, the, the backbone of it is restitution. restitution. You've got to make things make right. Make it right. Yeah, make things right. So that puts us into chapter 21. Um, uh, let, let me read. Let's see. Am I in the right place here? Verse 33. Uh, verse 33. Yeah, verse 33. So, so, for instance, when a man opens a pit or when a man digs a pit and does not cover it and an ox or a donkey falls into it, well, the owner of the pit shall make restoration. He shall give money to its owner and the dead beast shall be his. Yeah, so you dig a hole like for a storage of grain or for water, right. and some something a donkey. But you falls haven't into marked it. it responsibly, right. and it's, somebody else's property falls into it's it. It's a negligence issue, right? And you got to make it right. That's the restitution. Or how about verse thirty-five? When one man's ox butts another, <laughs> so that it dies. You know, so one ox bots another, right. bots another. Right. Okay. Well, then they shall sell the live ox and share its price, and the dead beast they shall also share. Or if it's known, if it's known that the ox has been accustomed to goring in the past, and its owner has not kept it in negligence, he shall repay ox, ox for ox, ox, and the dead beast shall be his restitution, and not and not you you give me everything you own, just an ox for the ox that he caused the loss of restitution. Just to make it right. Just to make it right. Chapter 22, verse 1. We continue on restitution. So, if a man steals an ox... Okay, wait a minute. Before we... This oh, okay. is, oxen are really valuable well, property they're, they're, in an agrarian society. Yeah. That's the way you plow your field. It's your livelihood. Yes. Yeah, your livelihood. So, it's a big deal. You're not just stealing a piece of property. You're stealing someone's ability to feed themselves. Okay, big back deal. to the ox. Okay, so if a man steals <laughs> an ox or a sheep and kills it or sells it... He he shall repay five oxen for an ox or four sheep for a sheep. So that's that's big. That's big. That's, that's not just ox for ox. If you've stolen it, you've broken that yeah. eighth commandment, you shall not steal. Yeah. And so you pay back fivefold or fourfold. It's a big deal here. Yeah. And if a thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, 
there shall be no blood guilt for him. But if the sun has risen on him, there shall be blood guilt on him, and he shall surely pay. Okay, stop. Yeah. The blood guilt has risen on the one who found the thief came in and stole from. Right. And he waits a day and then goes and hunts him down and kills him. Then he's guilty. Yeah. Or you can make a case for he, you know, the the thief was killed in the dark, and if he if he's killed during the daylight, you know, then the measured response wasn't there. You don't have to kill a thief; you can restrain him in some way. So right. there's a lot of ways of looking at this. There's blood guilt on the person who's protecting his property. Right. When a thief comes in, it's actually a measured response thing that's placed on top of the. the it is property because owner. if you've just apprehended the thief, he is going to be legally required to make restitution. You're going to get your property back. Right. 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 But if you've killed right. him then a different law applies. Yeah, and that's in our laws today, too. If you own a gun and someone breaks into your house and you see them just carrying your TV out, you can't just shoot them because you're not in physical danger. So it's a a measured response issue is what this is. Um, So he shall surely pay, but if he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. Ah, so there he is going into indentured servitude to pay his debt. You economically pay back what you take by hours of being in slavery. So if the stolen beast is found alive in his possession, whether it's an ox or donkey or a sheep, he shall pay double. So if the property is recovered, he pays double. Because it's evident that he took it. Yeah, exactly And he right. has to pay not only return the sheep, but pay for what he has done. Exactly. And here in verse 5, we move into the kind of the careless issues in life, the negligence we talked about before. If a man causes a field or a vineyard to be grazed over or lets his beast loose and it feeds in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best in his own field and in his own vineyard. So... So someone lets their beast go, you know, eat someone else's stuff. Well, then you need to let them eat your stuff. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I'm thinking this has practical application today. Like oh, if yeah. some stray, some animal in the neighborhood, somebody lets their dog out, which should be leashed, and it comes over and eats all your dog's food. Yeah, exa- it's exactly exactly. The right thing is. to do would be for them to bring you a bag of dog food. Restitution. Right? <laughs> Restitution. Not that this has ever happened to us. We don't have right. a dog. Right. But I'm just thinking of people I know who has have, have had similar experiences. Yeah. I'm like, this yeah. is just practical. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, we get to this careless thing again in verse 6. So if a fire breaks out and catches in thorns so that it, the stacked grain or the sand grain or the field is consumed, mm-hmm. well, he who started the fire shall make full restitution. Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot. And this usually comes around to when he mentions this whole thing about the, the catches in thorns. Many times they would, they would control weeds and thorns on the edge of the growing area right. by lighting them on fire. Well, what if you do it so carelessly that you light the guy's wheat field on fire and he loses his entire crop for the year? What are you supposed to do? You got to make restitution. Make full, full restitution. restitution. A whole field of grain you have to pay back. Well, I didn't mean to torch all of his grain. Yeah, you're being careless and you're still so going to have to pay. All of these kind of touch on that commandment not to steal right. and not to covet, right? Yeah. It's a matter of respecting your neighbor's property mm-hmm. and property rights as much as your own. Yeah, in a proactive way. I right. mean, even if, even if there's absence of malice and you right. cause him a loss, you got to pay restitution. That's just the right thing to do. Why don't you pick us up okay, on verse 7? Okay, so verse 7. If a man gives to his neighbor money or goods to keep safe and it's stolen from the man's house, yeah. then if the thief is found, he shall pay double. Okay, so there we are dealing with stealing. Pay double. Yeah. 
If the thief is not found, the owner of the house shall come near to God and show whether or not he has put his hand to his neighbor's property. Okay, right, so the suspicion exists. I entrusted this to you, and it went missing while it was at your house. Did you steal it and yourself? And uh, a thief right. took and it. somebody came and took it, right? <laughs> so the, the, it says it shall come near to God and yeah. show whether or not, right? God knows. God yeah. sees. Verse 9, for every breach of trust whether it's for an ox or a donkey, for a sheep or a cloak, or any kind of lost thing, of which one says, well, this is it. The case of both parties shall come before God. The one whom God condemns shall pay double to his neighbor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this part where it says this is it, that's applying to the thing of something lost. So what if you lost... You lost something and it's just gone. And then you wait a couple months and you see it's in your neighbor's backyard. Right. And you, you can say, hey, and you go up and you point it and say, This is it. This is mine. Right. Well, then you come before God. And by the way, when it says come before God here, he's really talking about coming to judges who represent God's justice. Right. So you need to come before him and then and then they'll decide with God's justice about what's really going on here. Right. Yeah. And and uh, and it's interesting, you know, we we have this stupid law when you're in elementary school: finders, keepers, losers, weepers. This is not finders, <laughs> that's not keepers. That's not a law. That's just elementary <laughs> well, school yeah. justice. And that's what I mean. It's elementary <laughs> law. It, it, that's not enforced here. We're saying if someone claims and their word is that's mine, right? Then the judge will kind of decide and say, yeah, you're right. It's yours. Especially if some time has passed yeah. and you discover your missing property in the possession of another one, and there's a strong suspicion that he just did away with it yeah kept it from you right right Right. and that takes a little discernment by the judges who rely on god's you know information know what's going on here and and it'll go on here that we'll establish judges to decide these matters and all all through the old testament you see judges this is exactly what they're doing they're deciding civil matters i hope you're seeing how how incredibly practical this is this yeah, is not just a practical. chapter full of don't do this, don't do that. Yes. This is a very practical way of restoring your relationship with your neighbor mm-hmm. when a wrong or a loss has happened. Yeah. And if you're if you're seeing these things as kind of obvious, like, well, sure, that's yeah. what you would do. What, what you don't understand is that in Western civilization, so much of our legal system is based on these very things mm-hmm. right here. And they were they were radical at the time. They're the backbone. So if you say, well, of course, that's what you should do. That's only because you're used to them, because in Western civilization, this is how we've done things. And it came from the Bible. And in the absence of law that is based on some uh, external source of justice, not yes. just like the book of Judges, every man did what's right in his own eyes. Right. This right. is what's right in God's eyes. In God's that you eyes. put it right. Yeah. And you know, if you're the victim, and we need to finish these, but if you're the victim in these things, you've suffered loss, you're cheering as you're hearing this. That's things. right. It's like you're saying, That's yes, right. absolutely, that finally some justice for my loss right. that I didn't cause and someone else caused. Well, let's go into verse 10. Okay, verse 10. If a man gives to his neighbor a donkey or an ox or a sheep or any beast to keep safe, and it dies or is injured or is driven away without anyone seeing it, An oath by the Lord shall be between them both to see whether or not he has Mm. put his hand to his neighbor's property. So again, Mm. this is the case of the suspicion. I entrusted him, my animal to him, and it's disappeared. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm going on vacation. Can you watch my ox for me? Right. And oh, it's gone when you get back. (laughs) So this is the second half of the verse. The owner shall accept the oath and he shall not make restitution. Ah. But if it's stolen from him, he shall make restitution to its owner. If it's torn by beasts, let him bring it as evidence. He shall not make restitution for what has been torn. Yeah. Yeah. So this this is actually pretty fascinating. 
um, uh, if the owner shall accept the oath, when the oath being, I swear, I did everything right. I could, but still it's gone. Right. So if the owner accepts the oath, then he shall not make restitution. If he accepts his word. This is an interesting thing. Right. If he accepts the word of the person who's caring for his stuff. Like, okay, you entrusted your ox to me, but hey, we had a tornado, and what right. can I say? You know, Or if it's injured, right? If it's it injured. got hurt. Yeah. Or what if it's, what if you were entrusted with uh, one of his sheep, and the sheep got attacked by a wolf? You know, you right. say, well, I did everything I could to kind of do that. And then, in that particular case, it kind of explains 12 and 13 here, is, okay, if that's the case, did you find the carcass Show of me the, the carcass. Because yeah. if, if it's actually just... Um, wounded enough to kill it but it's not fully eaten then he actually did do some due diligence and protection but if the thing is completely eaten then it looks like maybe he's just come negligent you know so so actually this the state of the final carcass torn by beasts is an important clue to the judges about really how protective this neighbor was when you gave him their stuff that's what we're talking about Okay, verse 14. Yeah. If a man borrows anything of his neighbor and it's injured or dies, the owner not being with it, he shall make full restitution. If the owner was with it, he shall not make restitution. If it was hired, it came for its hiring fee. Yeah, that's an, it's, it's, it's a good practical. distinction. It's a good distinction. Yeah. So you borrow something from somebody. You borrow something from a neighbor. Like I borrow a chainsaw so I can cut down a tree. And then my neighbor who I borrowed it from says, well, here, here's the chainsaw you can borrow. Let me just help you do that. So the, so the owner of the chainsaw is with is you there. while you're cutting the tree. And then you bust the chainsaw. Does the, does the guy who owns the chainsaw say, hey, I let you borrow this and you just destroyed it? Well, the guy who borrowed it would say, well, but wait, you were standing right there while we were doing it. You, right. you still had you should have stopped kind me. of, pre- yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could have protected your property, but you didn't. Well, that's the distinction he's making right yeah. here. Or if you rented it. Or right? if you rented it. If you it, hired right? it, then you don't have to, presumably the risk is assumed by the one who rented it to you. It, that's right. So if it was hired, yeah. it came for the hiring fee. That's right. So there you go. <laughs> Unless yeah. you've signed a contract that says if it's damaged in your possession. <laughs> yeah, this is a great case where, um, you know, when you go to small claims court, sometimes it comes down to, you know, sometimes loss is suffered and no one is to blame. I mean, right. not really, but it's just loss is loss. But, you know, if the person who owns the thing is there, well, you know, it's your own it's your own dumb fault. You were there to protect it and it never, never happened. So, yeah, that's actually very practical, very practical. Well, we're at the end of the list in this particular chapter. Well, uh, and we should probably just sort of wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, thinking about God's justice and God is uh, God is concerned about the, the rights of of the victim, right? The one right. who has been wrong, and God is concerned that what is, what is true, come to light, and so that set me thinking about um, what the Apostle John wrote in First John one when he says, "If we say we have fellowship with Him, but we walk in the dark, we lie. We lie, yeah, and exactly. and we don't practice the truth. Yeah. So in, in essence, we're taking God's name in vain, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. making it." Uh, we're representing God slanderously. When You're we misrepresenting don't, who God is by yes, acting poorly. When we act unjustly, yeah. because God is a God of justice. Justice yeah. is very important to yeah. Him. And for people who are victims, like I said before, justice is a wonderful thing. You know, when you look about people who come from third world countries and they come to America, for instance, they say, you know, I can find justice here. 
but I couldn't in my country I came from. Justice is something that everyone yearns for. Okay, but, but sometimes always... when we say we want justice, what we really want is vengeance. Yeah, and I'm not going there. I'm just saying, you know, just this protective idea of justice right. is a is a wonderful thing that worldwide people respect and say this is this is great. I want to live in a place yeah. where there's justice. What is just and yeah. right. And and I might point out too that in this particular chapter in 21, when we're talking about restitution, we're, we're looking at God saying you have the right to own things and to own stuff. And when yeah. you suffer loss at other people's hands, we, my law says you, we need to reverse that. We right. need to do something about that. You have a right to have your stuff it's, restored. It's, an, it's a fascinating endorsement of property rights when you look at this whole emphasis on restoration. You know, you, you have the right to own stuff. And when someone does stuff to take it from you, we need to make that right. That's just that's just not right. So again, this is these are the details, the fine points of working out what God meant when he said, now, don't steal because mm-hmm, you're my mm-hmm. people. Don't lie because you are my people. Don't murder because you're my people, yeah. right? And yeah. my people live in a way that's consistent with my character yeah. and they do what's right. Yeah. And it reflects on who God is yes. by living like that. And I think the contrast to other peoples in the ancient world at the time, as they saw Israel function like this, they'd say, wow, that's just fascinating. Look how they treat their slaves. Right. And, and, and in fact, they let them go after six years. Who does that? Who does that? So the contrast to what's going on in the world at the time is the testimony of the nation of Israel to who their God is. It's, it's this actual nation in action, injustice, that's communicating through what they do, who their God is. That's a really important yeah, thing. Yeah, so that actually just brought to mind what Moses says in Deuteronomy 4, 6, when he's talking to the people about mm. keeping God's law. He says, so keep them and do them, for that's your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples mm-hmm. who will hear sight of the all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God? Oh, that's a great quote. So, you great know, that, there it is, drawing that straight line from the way God's people live to the observation of the other people saying, wow, these people have these kinds of laws. What is their God like? Yeah, have you ever thought about the fact that the way you conduct yourself from day to day actually testifies to who your God is? Mm-hmm. So How about that? Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your, your heart, God. Your soul, your mind. And you can reflect that by loving your neighbors yourself. Well, next week we get into more moral issues on the law, and uh, that'll be another eye-opener as well. So come back with us next week on More Than Ink. More Than Ink is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. That might be good enough. It might. <laughs> uh, we'll listen to it? Uh, no, let's just try it again and we'll see how okay. we get the better of the two.